VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen nicotine pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GainBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GainBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today at GainBridge.io. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday on Fox Sports Radio at noon to 3 Eastern, 9 a.m. to noon Pacific. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Fox Sports Radio or FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Here we go. It's hour two. We're live in Los Angeles. It's The Herd. Wherever you may be and however you may be listening, thanks for making us part of your day on a Tuesday. Jim Harbaugh discussions later this hour. I'm so fired up about Jim Harbaugh right now. Coach of America's team. Very exciting times. America's team is no longer the Cowboys. It's the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, I can't tell if Harbaugh's going to be the next Bills coach or Chargers coach. I'm just kind of waffling between the two. No reason to leave college football. He's the king. That's a great point. Except for that um, money thing that we flashed earlier with all the NFL coaches making big, big bets. Yeah, and crazy owners that fire you if you don't win immediately. What about the crazy boosters <laughs> in college football? That's more a Southern thing, don't you think? It's SEC. Uh, SEC. Look at Ohio State lately. Well, yeah, Ohio you let those State. guys try to run Ryan Day out of town. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, well, again, that's the lunatics. That's not most The people. lunatic fringe. Yeah, most people are not that. All right. Uh, it's the herd hierarchy. Top 10 teams in the NFL. You're, you're going to blanch it. Maybe a couple of them, but here we go. Herd hierarchy. Time is now. Let's go. The top 10 NFL teams according to college. Number 10. Right now, today... Denver is a top 10 team. 5 and 0 since week 7. Four of the five teams they've beaten have winning records, allowing 16 points a game. Best turnover differential in the league. Excellent backs, power football, young, young athletic defense, good enough receivers, Mims, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, Dulcich coming back at tight end. 20 touchdowns, 4 picks for Russell Wilson. This morning, that is a top 10 team in the NFL. Number 9. Buffalo. Listen, they're crazy. But 6 of their losses are by 6 points. They are what they were 3 years ago. Josh Allen leads the NFL with 24 touchdown passes and 13 picks and 16 total giveaways. They're one of the more penalized teams in the NFL. In fact, I think they're the most penalized team. This is what they are. 
They're not buttoned up. I called him the Mike Tyson. Just depends on who they fight. They'll knock you out in the first round or or lose a close fight late because they're bad on the details. But you can't tell me they're not a top 10 team in the league. They had Philadelphia beaten about three different times in that football game in Philadelphia. Number eight. Miami. I have my issues with them. The speedboat of the NFL. They're one and three against teams that are 500 or better. But we have to be fair. If I'm going to support Russell Wilson with Sean Payton, i got to support Tua with Mike uh, McDaniels. Tua under Mike McDaniels. 16 wins, 8 losses. 67% completion percentage. Passer rating at 104.6. It's a good team. They don't have the defense of Denver, but Tua with this coach and these weapons feels like a playoff team to me. Miami at 8. Number 7. Detroit. Love their offensive line and ability to control the clock with the run game. Jared Goff's gotten sloppy in the last couple of weeks. They have a hole on this team that um, is going to take them out of the Super Bowl running. They're bad on the back end of their defense, and I'm not sure this coaching staff can solve it. They're just not. They don't have the personnel on the back end. They're like the Chargers. They can outplay you and lose because they give up cheap stuff on the back end. But they have the number one ranked offensive line, the number two total offense. They can win shootouts, and they are capable of winning a playoff game, Detroit. Number six. I like Jacksonville. Least penalized team in the NFL. Only undefeated team on the road this year. Do you know that? 6-0 and on the road. That says something. 6-0 and on the road this year. I like Jacksonville. Um, do I think they can win a Super Bowl? No, that's my top four teams in the league. My top four teams, I think, are Super Bowl teams. Jacksonville can win on the road, star quarterback, clever offensive coach. I got him at six. Number five. Dallas. They crush the teams they should. You do get credit for that. Now, they've played the easiest schedule in the NFL, and they've beaten up on the dregs of the league. But again, you get credit for that. Their remaining five games are much, much tougher. They play Seattle, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions. Let's be fair with Dak. Over his last six games, he's been terrific. 18 TDs, two picks. We got to be fair. The CeeDee Lamb-Dak combination, it's got a Burrow-Jamar Chase feel to it. It's big boy football. Dallas at number five. Number four. And here are my Super Bowl teams, Baltimore. I may have them one spot low. Listen, Baltimore's got the number one rush offense and the number two scoring defense. I like them. They're fast. They're physical. Opposing quarterbacks passer rating, 72. Lowest in the league. Again, I may have them a spot low, but I think if they played my number three team tomorrow, I'd take my number three team, so Baltimore's at four. Number three. And Kansas City by an inch. Keep your eye on Rasheed Rice. Looks like he could be their number one receiver. So I've said, I think they have a bunch of threes. Rasheed Rice, he was a second-round kid, may become the number one. They also showed they can score in the second half. They've also, let's be fair with Kansas City, played the second hardest schedule. I still have doubts about their second half offense. It was the Raiders, but Rasheed Rice, his growth is really interesting. Number two. San Francisco. When Trent Williams plays, they win, eight and one. Um, they lead the NFL in turnover differential. I think they have the most weapons in the NFL. Uh, Philadelphia beats everybody narrowly. They can blow people out. If they have their people, they blow people out. Debo, Christian, Kittle, Ayuk. Those are dudes. And I think they can beat you in multiple ways. So I have San Francisco at number two. Number one. Listen, Philadelphia, 31 consecutive weeks. They've had the best record in the league. It's choppy. It's it's un, inartistic. But they're 7-1 and one in one-score games. Uh, their O-line, D-line combination is excellent. They are not a perfect team. You can beat them downfield. 
But my top four teams are the teams I believe this morning should be favorites and can hoist a trophy. Philadelphia 1, San Francisco 2, Kansas City 3, and Baltimore 4. I don't know what to do with Baltimore. I think for the second week in a row, my take is I probably have them low. I do not think Dallas hoists a trophy, but I think they're the closest team to not doing it with Jacksonville that could potentially do it but won't. J-Mac, your initial thoughts. Oh, my goodness. So I was looking around my desk. I need a flag to throw. So I, all I could find was this tissue box. <laughs> Coward, what are you? Where are the Pittsburgh Steelers? 11. How, where are the Houston Texans? 12. No, no, no. This this doesn't work. Time out. This doesn't even. This is not, Detroit Lions at okay. 7? All right. Let me name. Let me just name the quarterbacks on this list. Not the teams. Jalen Hurts. You love Purdy. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Dak. Trevor Lawrence, Goff, Tua, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kenny Pickett. Oh, so what, we're just naming the best quarterbacks or the best um, teams I don't know. right now? Best quarterback oh. mostly wins the division. Interesting. I, you can't you, Listen, Mike Tomlin, coach of the year. There's no way I can put Denver right now. You have to unsee September. <laughs> Denver is playing. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Buffalo. They're beating good teams. So now the sample size is like four or five games. So we're basically, that's why Denver's ahead of Pittsburgh and Houston. the place I used to work, nobody had courage. They would just list standings. That's not how I roll here. Okay. I'm telling you the best teams this week. Let's go to a reasonable opinion, oh. Nick Wright. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, what'd you make of it? Hey, he, he's outraged that Kenny Pickett didn't wedge his way in. Where are you? Well, listen, I think you're a little high on the Broncos' supply. So the, the, here's a fun thing. The Broncos, and then we can work kind of backwards from there. The Broncos' preseason projected win total was eight and a half. They are going to win eight or nine games right where they were supposed to, and everyone's going to consider it a massive success because of how awful they were the first five weeks of the year. And I give Sean Payton credit for pulling them out of the death spiral they appeared to be in, but I don't think the Broncos are a legit I think they are more pretender than contender, and that's not just for the Super Bowl, that's for the playoffs. So, I listen, everyone is just in love with the Buffalo Bills. Nine is obviously too high. Yes, they are dangerous on a week-to-week -week basis, but they are dangerous for themselves and for their opponent. They seem to have a lame duck coach. But after that... I think you did a very solid job here. My only, I'm not going to argue with you anymore about the Chiefs. I'll just let you keep planting your flag that there's a lot of teams <laughs> better than them and then they'll win the Super Bowl. You said something about the Ravens, Colin, that you might have them a touch low. I think you have them a touch high. I would flip-flop them in Dallas. I, I don't know about you. I, I was watching Sunday night. The Ravens were up 13-3 on a hapless Chargers team. And I thought, oh, Baltimore absolutely could lose this game. Like, of all the really, really good teams, they're the only one that a 10-point lead doesn't feel safe. And so I feel like Baltimore is going to, at some point in the postseason, have a game similar to the one Sunday where the offense just doesn't get going and they find a way to lose. So the Ravens, to me, I would have the Cowboys ahead of them. The Cowboys have played poorly, in my opinion, once all year. Twice if you include the Cardinals game, but everyone has a hiccup game. The Niners game, they played really poorly. Aside from that, they look like a great team. Obviously, the Chiefs are excellent, and the Niners and Eagles win healthy 
for the Niners and Eagles under any circumstances are excellent. So I think for the most part, this is a you know a, a better than typical herd hierarchy. <laughs> but the Broncos are about to lose three straight, and oh, so cool. I, I I I don't think they're a top ten team. Three straight road games coming up, Colin. They're going to be dogs in all of them. I think they're going to lose three straight. Oh boy. Let me ask you this. So I said yeah. about Justin Fields. If you 33 starts, if you went to a stand-up comedian for 33 minutes and you didn't laugh much, he's not that funny. After 33 starts, what I saw C.J. Stroud do in the first start, second start, it's like obviously accuracy, oh, yeah. seeing the field, like it's over, right? We don't. I do think he'll get another chance, but like in Chicago, it's over, right? You have to draft Caleb. Well, in sh- it- well, certainly, like like the Bears now are just the biggest games for the Bears all year are the remaining Panthers games. They need the Panthers to finish with the worst record. The Panthers will probably help them out with that. And then, yes, obviously you draft Caleb Williams. And then I'm not ready to say Justin Fields can't work. I am ready to say he's not going to work in Chicago. I said this before the deadline. It didn't happen. But I wonder if it could happen this offseason. Colin, what do you think of this? And I mean, there are other people have speculated of this connection. Justin Fields for a second round pick to Atlanta. Yes, yes. Atlanta is indoors. Yep. Ton of speed and talent on offense. Yep. They say they have a better defense than people think. That you could run an offense that works for him. They don't have the quarterback there. It's not going to be Ritter for Atlanta. It's kind of a buy low opportunity. And for Chicago, you get you know the 45th pick of the draft to keep rebuilding your team. That's the environment, Colin. That I think he because he does show flashes. Yes. The reason I, it's hard for me to just give up on him is. I I am more convinced Kenny Pickett will never be an above average starter than Fields even right. though Pickett has had far more success yeah. because Pickett never makes me say wow look at that Justin does, but Justin also makes some terrible mistakes and has a lot of holes in his game. But I still, there's, he's so big, he's so strong, and so gifted physically. And I saw, you know, he's had some really good moments as a passer as well. I wouldn't want to give up on him. But if you're the Bears, you obviously have to draft Caleb if you end up with the number one pick. Think about this, Nick. They have two firsts. If you could get a second, they'd have two seconds. They already have a third and two fourths. That number four pick. If you get Caleb, you could trade down six, seven spots, still get an elite player, and get, ex- get another you know, one. I, Their future, Colin, it's not, you know, as, I, yeah, it's not I, as gloomy It's as not think. that bad, and they have a ton of money. And listen, what you just said, I heard today on a very, very popular podcast, What's Right with Nick Wright, Tuesdays and Thursdays. You can get it wherever <laughs> you get your podcast. That exact scenario, um, which is you draft – listen – if they were to end up with one and three, I would draft Caleb and Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. But they're not going to end up with three. Their pick is going to be five or six. They the, the, that's you. That's you know Joe Alt. There's the Penn State O lineman. Yeah. But they used the tenth pick last year on an O lineman. I love the idea for Chicago of drafting Caleb, trading down from their own pick to acquire an additional first rounder next year 
and really trying to rebuild with a bunch of blue chippers. I think that is, you have DJ Moore. I thought they paid a premium for Montez Sweat, but then they did get him signed. You have a, uh, you know, at least a potentially bright future and you'll get something for Justin. So I think that is absolutely the path. I want to talk Cowboys for a second because you and I have always yeah. been a little bit of a pretender, big brand, little hype, beat the bad teams, not the good ones. But it's interesting about Mike McCarthy, and I defended him. I said, um, Mike, the knock on Mike McCarthy is late game management, clock management, play calling. Yep. Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. Lost a 28-3 Super Bowl lead. Bad play calling. Sean McVay gets dragged for it. Harbaugh made a mistake against the Chargers this weekend. Andy Reid in Philly got crushed for it. Is that almost every coach gets crushed for that unless you have a star quarterback that just makes plays. So with Favre, Rodgers, and Dak, they've all had arguably great years. Sometimes they're greatest with McCarthy. Yeah. And that what he gets dragged for is what even McVay and Andy Reid get dragged for. It's hard. It's fast. It's late game. There's analytics. There's pressure. And that Mike McCarthy and Dak now have gone from being overvalued to a tad undervalued in this league. Is that, that's how I felt coming in, going into the year. And it's why, listen, you're right that I have been, you know, over the time that we've known each other, mostly a Cowboys skeptic. But this year, with that defense, with I thought Dak was poised for a bounce-back season. Listen, Dak, for his career, is fifth in NFL history in touchdown-interception ratio. He has one year where he's a high-interception guy, and people started acting like that's who he's always been. It's not who he's always been. So, I, you know, before the year, I picked Dallas to win the conference. Obviously, right now, is San Francisco, it looks like they can't beat them, and Philly has had the better season. But I think Dallas is right there with those teams. And as far as McCarthy goes, and I was having this discussion the other day, those of us, and I am at the forefront of it, that picket coaches for they're not aggressive enough or the clock management, things like this, we're yet to find the perfect coach. It's not like though there's any of us can be like, he's the one who gets it right all the time. So like Dan Campbell is great on fourth downs, but on actual game management, clock management stuff has been lacking. We thought our hero was going to be Brandon Staley. That didn't go well at all because he had a few fourth downs go against him. He stopped doing it. And like you said, the two most brilliant play designer guys that we've ever seen, I shouldn't say we've ever seen, but the co coaching right now, Shanahan and Andy Reid, struggle massively with some of the game management stuff. Mike McDaniel, who everybody loves, if you remember the end of that playoff game last year, yep. he struggled with some of that stuff. And now he had Skylar Thompson, you don't kill him for it, but that's the only sample we have of him in that super high leverage moment. I am coming around to this idea. You know, Maybe there isn't a, the perfect coach out there. Maybe <laughs> the guys who get the most out of their players are going to struggle in this. The guys who are great on the analytics stuff maybe aren't always getting the most out of their players. Here's what I know. The Cowboys are about to, for the third straight season, win 12 or more games. Less than a dozen teams in NFL history have done that. You can't do that without a good coach-quarterback combo. And at the very least, they have that. 
And Dak, in a weird year, Dak, if he balls out on national TV on Thursday and then beats the Eagles on national TV the next week, Dak Prescott very well might end up being the leader for MVP going into the final few weeks of the season. So I don't remember if this was a topic. Oh, this was a topic when you and I did a podcast, and I, and I want to revisit this. Okay. I got a lot of crap for years, and I kind of leaned into it because I did believe it, but I thought oh, it was yeah. funny on the hat on backwards stuff. Yeah. And my takeaway yep. is that Wednesday presser, bank sponsor, face of the franchise, most important presser, after a game, I understand. You showered. It's a bit of a mess. I'll give you a little pass. That Wednesday presser, Jalen Hurts is the most quarterback presidential quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He is virtually manicured, says the right stuff, succinct to the point, no excuses. And I watch Philadelphia in the second half. They're winning with maturity. They're winning with decision-making. And I, even as a Chiefs fan, when Mahomes broke onto the scene, what we were blown away with is that he was the same quarterback, winning, losing, trailing lead. It never changed. Hurts may be only the second guy. Brady Elway kind of in that class. Decision-making, intelligence, resilience. I'm fascinated by I, him. And even I, you as a Mahomes guy, are we undervaluing how great Hurts is in these crisis moments. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I, I think I certainly have in the past. I so uh, there there's a lot there. So the, you mentioned Mahomes. One of my favorite Mahomes anecdotes ever is during the epic Josh Allen duel in the divisional round game, the 13 second game that, by yeah. the way, broke the Bills franchise as I predicted years ago, and everyone laughed at me. Would set that aside. Um, he had one of those those devices on that measures your heart rate. Yeah. And his heart rate only spiked when the Chiefs' offense was off the field. He was most calm when he had the ball, <laughs> and most nervous when he didn't. When he, he wasn't in control. When it's like, oh, this is out of my hands. And there is a and that always to me was telling. Like, oh, his confidence is not fake. And there was, going around Twitter this weekend, an interview from Jalen right before the draft where, and I think it was Jeremy Schapp, I apologize if I get the interviewer wrong, said to him his college record and said to him, you know, you only lost four times your whole college career. You know it's going to be different in the NFL. And Jalen, not cocky, but very earnestly says, well, we'll see. And he seemed to just truly believe, well, I don't know, I've always been a winner. So I think I'll go ahead and keep being a winner. <laughs> and I did not think Jalen played well at all in the first half of the Chiefs game or the first half of the Bills game. I thought he played poorly throughout big stretches of those games. But then he comes through and makes the biggest plays and his teammates believe he's going to come yes. through. And to me, it is so different. And when you mentioned the press conference, I have watched now, and I'm not trying to pile on the bills because I thought Josh Allen played awesome on Sunday. He just came up on the wrong side of it. But I've watched Josh Allen now for the better part of a month and a half have escalating existential crises at these press conferences. Talk about being in low positive. Talk about not wanting to get too high. Well, you know, we're up against it. And you can see it on his face. Yes. 
And Jalen, now maybe it's because he hasn't had a rough stretch. Jalen just even in wins is just, this is what we need to do better. This is what we did well. I know what the mission is. And I do think for the leader of any industry, that cool, earned confidence permeates the team. Yep. Where now the Eagles are the only team in the league right now, other than Kansas City, that at every point of every game believe, not quite sure how we're going to do it, but we're going to find a way to win, and that is top-down leadership. Now, if they could just get their coach to stop being a, a child on the sideline <laughs> and taunting fans and oppositions, I might actually like the Eagles, but Sirianni ruins it for me. Nick Wright, as always, first things first, on fire. Good seeing you, buddy. See you, buddy. Yeah, Sirianni's young. He's, he's a little sometimes out of control. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zen won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zin. Find your Zin online or in a store near you at zincom slash find. That's ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Could have some breaking news next hour. Getting a few texts here. J-Mac with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. You can't, you can't pull the pin on a grenade and just do that. Can you give us a hint? The sport. A lot of things going on right now behind the scenes. You know, All it's right. just teams getting ready to sign Justin Fields. 
as you alluded I've to. Got ten, I've got 10 teams in one field. <laughs> you can laugh all you want. I'm telling you, there's a market. All right, let's start with uh, Frank Reich. Obviously, he was canned 11 games into his first season Ridiculous. with Carolina. I know the owner, the billionaire. He's taking a lot of heat, understandably so. Um, he He's disappointed with the development of Bryce Young as a big factor, but here he is explaining his decision to fire Frank Reich. There's a lot that goes into you know, what the success on the field is every week. One is roster, some is scheme, how you practice, a lot of things. And obviously, we can be better in all phases of that because the product on the field is just not good enough right now. It just isn't. And so we have to try to make every one of those phases better. And whatever it takes to make it better, we're going to try to do. Forget, forget being a football team. If you ran a company and you had six CEOs in seven years, would you think it was well run? I mean, you can you can rationalize all these decisions. This is not a good day. It's not a good move. You can't keep running through it. No top candidate wants anything to do with this organization. Pittsburgh Steelers in my entire life have had three coaches. Noel Cower Tomlin. Now, sometimes they're loyal to a fault. They got rid of Matt Canada a week ago. Probably the right move. But that's how you run a business. Well, Green Bay generally right. takes their time on coaches, lets them bake a little. Well, you know me. I'm going to push back. So it's not like the Steelers were running 1-10 in 10 and they just rolled up, kept rolling out the same coach. Tepper had a good quote. He said, I have patience, but that comes with progress and performance. And let's be real. We can pull back the curtain a little bit. If I had come on the show and the ratings had gone down and we no. were arguing, I wouldn't still be here. You know that's the truth. If there, if there were problems, you would have been like, hey, this isn't working. We move on. And and I got to give the guy a little credit. Like, it wasn't working with Wright. There's zero progress. Well, Bryce yeah. Young doesn't look any better in week 12 than he did in week one. Okay. But this is probably, well, I don't even think it's probably. It's the worst offensive roster in the league. They're going okay. from a certain offense to a different offense. And the GM didn't get them the right players for this offense. So they're just trying to make it up with a rookie quarterback as they go. They don't have the personnel. This is the, this is like the Patriots with warmer weather. They're one of the slowest teams in the league. they got no playmakers everywhere. Belichick's not winning. This is what, when you don't have playmakers in 2023, it's not 1973. Belichick looks like he's lost his touch. Belichick. They don't have any playmakers. The only way for Carolina and New England to score is like 13 play drives. And you can't do it with a rookie quarterback or Mac Jones because they, they make too many mistakes. So I'm looking up the Texans. They, they started 0-2, right? Yeah. C.J. Stroud did not look good. Okay, he has made growth. The team has developed progress. It's not like the roster's changed material. Well, okay. but but Tank Dell, Nico Collins, they've Who actually were they in Week One. They were well, nobody. Come but on. again, they're speed players. They're playmakers. I mean, Carolina doesn't have a single player, a breakaway player, like not one. There is now now. now oh. I'm not saying Reich's up for coach of the year, but this roster is offensively, I would say this. New England has a better offensive roster than this. Oh, stop it. Who do they? Who, New England doesn't have anybody. But that's also Belichick is pulling the strings. I, I think so New England's receiving core is better than Carolina's. And I don't think much of New England's. I mean, it's... it's. I don't it, want to waste anybody's time trying to break down those two crap offenses. But I don't know. I, I'm not totally defending Tepper, but... I don't know, Colin. Uh, progress matters, and, and performance matters, and Frank Reich was underachieving. All right, next story. Uh, there was an interesting moment on the sidelines. Oh, look at this. During Bill's Eagles for the TV viewing audience, Shaq Lawson got up in the face of an Eagles fan, uh, and, and Shaq Lawson was jawjacking with this punk. 
you know, this guy wanted to go viral, obviously, this meatball. Uh, Lawson issued an apology on social media saying that the fan made threatening remarks about him and his family. That does not excuse his actions. Now, there's another thing that happened in the NBA last night with Russell Westbrook we haven't talked about yet. We will get to that. Listen, this player fan stuff is tricky. I'm not. There's not a right and a wrong. I'm, I'm overwhelmingly supportive of players. I do think you should just stay away. But I don't wait, like wait, people. Wait, what do you mean, just stay away? Well, I mean, I've been at games with obnoxious fans. I think it's. I, I I've said this before. If I owned a team, I'd get rid of obnoxious fans. See ya. There's. Uh, no, I'll find another okay, fan. So some of these stadiums are going to be half empty if you do that. No, come I, on, man. No these way. guys are less up. than one percent of fans are jerks. This guy's just looking for trouble. I'd boot him out of the stadium and say, "Watch us on so TV." So is there a line yeah, that the fan crosses and the guy's going to get in his face? No, 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 no. I don't think Westbrook or Shaq Lawson should. I think it's easy to say, ignore it, ignore it. And obviously, Russell Westbrook has really struggled with this. Major. But I also think it's obnoxious. And I've sat next to fans that are obnoxious, and I'd throw them out of the arena. I'd have no problem. The, the idea the customer's always right. No. no, no, no. Sometimes the customer's a jerk, and you throw them out of the restaurant. Everybody agrees with that. But what about the player, like Shaq Lawson? Well, yes. I, I think it's always, I mean, I, I don't think you should ever respond to that stuff, ever. But it's it's easier. These are 23-year-old athletes and 25-year-old athletes, and people get personal and say things. I mean, I've, I've, I've been at stadiums. I've heard it. I think stadiums need to do a better job of throwing fans out. And, I, I, you know, I so I'm, I, I'm always on the side of throw the fan out over the player being really deeply bothered. That said, Westbrook has a brand. He's got shoe deals, and he can't get in the space of that. You have to just say, you're a schmuck, I'm out. No, uh, but I don't like, I'm, I'm not going to support these fans that do that crap. I'm No way. On a personal level, I know you're a man of the community. You're out and about, glad-handing, like you're yeah. the mayor of the town. I have just, you ever had a guy start talking trash to you and get in your face and say anything? Probably at some point. I just. I don't, how do you handle that? I just walk away. I just don't... You'd I don't, be the bigger man. Well, I also don't hang out in areas with people that are, you know, that, like that. <laughs> so, I mean, but if I did, it's just you smile, walk away. Let, let Fans need to win, right? They're out there busting their hump. They're spending what little money they have. They get in bad moods. You give them three beers. They do dumb stuff. I don't like it, but I think... Listen, we have a great life. Westbrook has a great life. Shaq Lawson has a great life. Chances are that fan doesn't have as quality of life as that those people do. So, like, just let them do their thing. I'm gonna, Again, the responsibility for me is on the front offices and the ownership groups to get rid of jerky fans. Fair. I would agree. Get them out. And I think it's a very – if you go to an NBA game, there may be nine people in that arena that are inappropriate. And there's 22,000 in the arena. It's a tiny number. Most fans are just, they're down there. And, and by the way, they're easy to spot. Any game you go to by the second beer, second quarter, they are, half the time they come into the stadium all liquored up. So yeah, you can no, spot no. them instantly. But, I would just say, hey, appreciate it. Money back. See you. Be honest. Total candor. Has there been a moment where you were like, man, I wish this guy would say something. I wish no, he would say No, I just don't no? get into that. You know, you don't get it that? Just, it just okay. doesn't. I'll be honest. I, I, there's been a couple times, you know, basketball. Well, yeah, but you're, you're a gun show guy. I'm not. You're out there with your uh, basketball. Well, I, I mean, sometimes on the basketball court, guys will jokingly well, make different. comments. You're okay. playing in a jokingly. sporting event. I'm talking about. And then about... I came back oh, maybe boy. a little too hard. Yeah, I uh, A couple do people that. laughed, and the guy got, he got in my face. And I was like, dude, we're, you were joking on me. Why can't I come back at you? That's a good You point. can't be the guy who can only 
you know, dish yeah, it out I, and I, not take it. If you I, can't take it, we got problems. I wouldn't compare your rec league game to the situation in New York. That's a star player and a drunk fan. Well, I'm, not, guys, I'm not a star? No. And We're no, playing Mozgov Thursday night in the playoffs. Anyway, next story. Please. All right. The Giants have managed back-to-back wins with Tommy DeVito at QB. Danny Jones recovering from the ACL. GM Joe Shane said they expect Daniel to be the quarterback when healthy, but, but they will be looking closely at their quarterback room this offseason. I think we're going to have to do something in the quarterback, um, whether it's free agency or or the draft. I mean, just where we are, Tyrod's um, contract's up. You know, DeVito is obviously under contract, and Daniel, you know, we don't know when he's going to be ready. So, you know, just from an off-season program standpoint, you know, I think um, that'll be a position that we'll we'll have to look. Um, again, there's different avenues, free agency or the draft, but we'll, we'll have to address it at some point. Justin Fields. Yeah, so they're going to be drafting I, right now somewhere in the 8 to 15 range. Um, I don't think they're going to go for like a quarterback there. So Justin Fields is, that's my prediction. He would be a name to watch, fits the profile of a guy Dable could work with. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad take. Uh, J-Mac with the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Dynasty the king, king, What's good, y'all? It's your main man, Michael Smith, esteemed NFL analyst and certified fantasy football legend. Allow me to present to you your new favorite fantasy football podcast, The Dynasty Exchange, hosted by my first-round rookie picks, Davis, Dylan, and Josh, three guys who most definitely know their stuff. They're the co-commissioners of the coolest and most cutthroat dynasty league you'll ever come across, The Yacht Club. And now they're the co-hosts of the most elite. Now make that the definitive dynasty program in the game. It's dedicated to only the most devoted of diehards. The guys like me who can't stay off sleeper in KTC. And trust me, you won't regret making the choice to follow their dynasty advice. Listen to Michael Smith Presents The Dynasty Exchange on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. 
If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zen won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zin. Find your Zin online or in a store near you at zin.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. This Saturday, the Big Ten Championship kicks off on Fox. With their perfect season and playoffs on the line, J.J. McCarthy and third-ranked Michigan take on number 17, Iowa. Coverage begins Saturday at 6.30 Eastern on Fox. People don't know what to do when they see something that's new and different, and Jim Harbaugh is that. All those Ohio State Buckeye fans railing and laughing and mocking Jim Harbaugh now have the second-best coach in the rivalry. Nothing against Ryan Day, but he can't beat Harbaugh. And certainly there's no proof he could get to a Super Bowl. Harbaugh, though, had a moment yesterday, and I kind of agree with it, and I kind of don't, about the intensity of the rivalry, Ohio State and Michigan. Student-athletes that are, they're, you know, young kids, young adults that are, are playing this game, and all we ask them to do is go out there and play their very best. I think that is, is very manufactured for the TV show that, uh, that people want to watch and, and, and see. Uh, but it's not healthy. It's not healthy for, for, the, for the student athletes on either side when you're trying to put that much, uh, you know, somebody's practically you know, thinking that it's life or death. Now, in principle, I do agree with Harbaugh. And I think 99% of fans get it. But one of the things the media does get right, and we miss a lot, is how we treat college athletes. We're not nearly as harsh on them. Nor should we be. We're just not as harsh on college sophomores, juniors. Maybe once they get drafted, it changes. Or as they get ready for the draft process. But I will say the difference between the basketball and football culture in America, I like the football. I prefer the latter. Our basketball culture is perpetual coddling. It's not healthy. It creates immature players, and the percentages of busts in the NBA draft are through the roof. The football culture, they're coached hard, occasionally screamed at, ridiculed, mocked, mostly in a reasonable fashion. They are. The media doesn't really take out the sledgehammer very rarely, very infrequently on college guys. But it does create players who are hardened, coachable, and mature. I think the basketball culture in America is in a crisis. I watch John Morant's personal life, Zion, and I say to myself, what's wrong with it? They're talented. Have they been coddled, given too much too early? I don't have answers. But what college football's culture does create, and it's not always pretty, is mostly mature players ready to produce, 
producing now at the top programs and eternally grateful for the opportunity. Harbaugh is right. Some people can't handle it. It is not life or death. But in America, I would take the current football culture over the basketball culture, which Steve Kerr recently talked about the AAU and said it's actually a negative for players' growth. College basketball guys, in fact, basketball players don't even have to go to college. The top four picks in this past draft were from four different leagues. I'm not sure if that's a great thing. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But I like our football culture. At times, a small percentage of people go over the top, but I think it's a very small group of people. And by and large, I like the college system. I like what it creates. I like what it produces. Coachable young men willing to play hard, emotionally, physically, ready to produce like a C.J. Stroud the minute they arrive. Now for last night's most embarrassing NBA loss, and it wasn't the Lakers getting shelled. It wasn't by the Sixers. No, it was the paper clips, as Jason calls them. The Denver Nuggets didn't have the best player in the league, Jokic, nor their second best player, Jamal Murray, or their third best player, Aaron Gordon. The Clippers had all four of their stars, Kawhi, Paul George, Harden, Westbrook. Not only did they lose to Denver, they fell apart in the fourth quarter with all their go-to stars and had only four field goals. DeAndre Jordan last night had 21 points. Dude, I didn't even know he played anymore. Anybody who thought this Harden-Westbrook thing was going to work, no reason for me to make it personal. You fanboys just keep taking L's year after year. They're below average shooting threes, 25th in assists per game. Neither really wants to defend on a regular basis. Westbrook-Harden on the floor together is a minus 43, the worst combo on the team. Again, no reason to make it personal, but I can assure you, not everybody in this organization known as the L.A. Clippers loved all these moves, especially Harden. Chemistry matters. Sharing the ball matters. Committing to defense matters. After the game, Russell Westbrook had an incident with a fan. Again, I don't like how fans treat Westbrook. I'm not a huge fan of the player, but he's a human being. He works his tail off. He plays hard all the time, and, play, and fans can go absolutely over the top. Westbrook talked about the moment after. You know, fans think they can say whatever they want. You know, I'm not going to say it now because it's not appropriate, but um, I'm just protecting myself. Just unfortunately, fans think they can get away with saying anything, and I won't. Personally, I won't allow it. I took a lot of, you know, people saying anything and, you know, getting away with it, but uh, I won't stand for it. Now, in fairness, Westbrook went to the staff and said earlier this year, I'll come off the bench. I thought that was a team move. You know Harden wouldn't do that. But again, the worst loss last night was not the Lakers. When you have your four stars and you're playing backups for Denver and they don't have their best three players, and not only do the Denver Nuggets beat you, they destroy you in the fourth quarter. Jerry West is still connected to the Clippers. You cannot convince me Jerry West supported the Harden to the Clippers move. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. All his years understanding chemistry and balance, 
no way he supported it. I just you can't you can't talk me into that unless I've seen a signed document that Jerry West defended it. But it's not working. And last night, ugh, that's bad. No Jokic, no Murray, no Gordon. DeAndre Jordan lighting it up. They brought him in to be a locker room guy, not even play. All right, final hour. We got a lot of stuff. We've got stuff happening. Hour three on a Tuesday. Next. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. I've been telling you about Tacova's boots for a long, long time. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for my listeners. Tecovis will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of 100 bucks at Tecovis.com. Just use the code HERD at checkout. All you got to do, H-E-R-D. That's H-E-R-D at Tecovis.com, T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. <laughs> 